Welcome to Picard Cast. As always, I'm your host, Brooke, and with me is my co hostess with the mostest, Rebecca. Hello! How are you? I'm good. <laughs> How's everything uh, out on your spaceport or whatever? Well, <laughs> my. Uh... Your outpost. My my outpost is very lonely. <laughs> Day twenty five of my quarantine in my own little outpost. It's uh yeah. I mean, just like everybody else, I'm sure most people that uh, uh, listen to us, uh, you know, up in home mostly, going into the office just one day a week, um, trying to not be outside too much. So yeah, if you are not following those guidelines and you're listening to us, please do it. Put on a mask. Yes. And stay at home if you can. Gloves are good, but a mask is better. Even better. Just wash your hands, yes. everybody. Listen, if you say the opening to Star Trek as you're washing your hands, that's 20 seconds. That's how long you're supposed to wash your hands, right? That's so if you amazing. say as you're washing, right? Space, the final frontier. Mm -hmm. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's continuing mission to... Explore strange new worlds to seek out new life and new civilizations to boldly go where no one has gone before. That's 20 seconds. Your hands are clean. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Is it weird that I could rattle that off no. of the top of my head? I mean, it's, nerdy. it's not like I'm me. a total I, nerd. <laughs> I would not expect anything less from you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're not alone. Our first guinea pig, oh, oh, I mean guest, <laughs> for our Picard interim is Joe Prime. Woohoo! Hey, Joe! Yay! He's Most everyone calls me Prime. My mother calls me Joe. Oh, God. <laughs> <He's> we're, just <laughs> getting in, we're just getting into the episode. So. We're going right straight to references to today's episode i love it so how are you we're good um we're we're happy that you have uh graciously agreed to be our uh first person to do their personal log um you know well we did um measure of a man mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then the picard premiere right mm -hmm. yes. and then this so yeah. exactly yeah, we've uh, we've been very happy to have you on as like first, first, first. Mm -hmm. So that's very exciting. I mean, you are Joe Prime. You know, mm -hmm. we reserved that spot for you. Um, but yeah, like I'm excited to start these personal log episodes. I, I think this is going to be mm -hmm. so much fun. Yeah. And if you haven't seen our post or maybe didn't hear our last episode or quite understand uh, since I ramble sometimes, um, we are allowing the guests to pick their favorite episodes and review them with us, and they get to tell us what they like about it, and um, yeah, so that's why Joe's here. So if you could tell us what episode you picked and maybe a little bit, a little bit of why you like it, because then we'll go into Whenever we get to parts you like, you can talk about. Well, that. there's 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 so many episodes, and I know some of them have been done before on on the show, uh, but we're at the 30th anniversary of Yesterday's Enterprise, and for a lot of people, this ranks right up there with Best of Both Worlds and the kind of the best of the series. You know, season three had so many good episodes, and I, I just always love I love alternate timeline stuff. OK, I just no matter what it is, I don't care what it's if it's about, you know, World War Two, if it's about the future, it's about whatever. 
uh, I love that. And the the way they pulled off this episode, and if you read, and we'll talk about some of the uh, of it getting to where it became an actual script, it it was very unconventional. And you would have thought that it would be one of the worst episodes based on how, you know how it came to become uh, a teleplay. But it's it turns out to be one of the best, and you, you know you get Tasha Yar back, which everybody wanted, and it's just so much so much good stuff. Wait, she died? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I was thinking was when you were saying that how much you enjoy the alternate timeline stuff. I mean, this is really like uh, this is like uh, a uh, what if story. You know, Marvel Comics. If you're a comic book reader. Um, does a lot of these what if stories you know what what if daredevil wasn't blind what what if peter parker wasn't bitten by that spider um and and this is definitely a great what if story what if we didn't make peace with the klingons back when we were supposed to and and you kind of get this alternate timeline stuff and it's um it really is a great episode i'm so excited to hear all the stuff you've brought about how it came to be a story because I didn't know a ton of that myself, but then getting ready for this episode, did, did some reading, and I was like, oh, wow, look at that. So, yeah, uh, definitely we're going to talk about all of that stuff. And Joe always brings some good nuggets of information. Oh, anyway. he's, the, he's the, the king of trivia. Yeah. I mean, he's the king of trivia. Yeah, so. and it's like, he's the king of trivia, but if it's like, I don't know, Star Trek, or like Superman, or like... I don't know. Probably some uh, those two. Those two, man. Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. There's, yeah. there's kind of a good mm-hmm. list of things that he is like super trivia guy on and knows like everything. <laughs> <laughs> got to bring something, man. You got to give them what they want, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we want to get into this then, or do you want to? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, uh, yesterday's Enterprise was from Season 3. As Joe mentioned, it's Episode 15. Uh, it aired February 19th, 1990. So, I was 8. <laughs> uh, it was directed by David Carson. And here, which I'm sure Joe will have more information later, there was a lot of people who were had to do with this story so it had Trent Ganino and Eric Stilwell did the story but the teleplay was done by Ira Stephen Bear, Richard Manning Hans Brimler and Ronald Moore so apparently they just bought the story but like I said you know Joe can have more of that. Do you? I don't know if you want to talk about that now, or if you want to wait till later. Well, well, I just, I'll, I guess I'll throw some of it in here. Because, um, so, uh, Eric Stillwell, he was he was a production assistant on seasons one and two, uh, and during that time, he also uh, on season one he helped Denise Crosby with her fan mail. So that's why he's got kind of a link with her. And uh, so when season three came around, he became. Um, um, like a, a script assistant. Um, and at the beginning of season three, apparently the, the writing department was in disarray. Michael Piller took over as a head writer. They had no, they had zero scripts ready for production. So 
what what Pillar decided to do was he he kind of opened up the submission process to non-professional writers. This was the only show that allowed non-professional writers to submit like a spec script. Uh, and uh, so, you know, Eric, Eric Stilwell, who was a script coordinator, he was responsible for pro- for like processing these freelance script submissions. And there was like 5,000 a year. I mean, could you imagine that of these things coming in? You have to look at it, go through, is it worthwhile to even move up to the next step? So... So Trent uh, uh, Janino, he submitted uh, that spec script in early '89, which was uh, which was about an enterprise from the past, but it had a lot of elements that had that were not even used in the in this in the episode that we know. Um, so uh, it was just it was just very interesting that 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 happened, and then he became Stillwell and Janino became friends, and then they kind of collaborated and merged you know, some ideas they had, uh, two, of the, two of the ideas together, and that's how you came up with the script. And it, it um, the, their final, um, like, proposal for the script was in October, end of October of 89, and in three months, it went into production. They, they had to write it, the writers, the, um, the, the professional writers who took over the script to, to you know, make the teleplay, they they were pissed because they had to do it. It was either over Thanksgiving or Christmas. No, it was over Thanksgiving. They, so they, and they wrote it in three days over Thanksgiving of 89. That's crazy. Three days. Yeah. Three they days. Wrote it in three, well, because, wild. because the other aspect of it is it, because they needed to use a uh, Whoopi Goldberg, um, and uh, Denise Crosby, and they were and they were only available together right before Christmas '89. Oh. So, it, mm. so this was this has all the elements of something that to be a train wreck. And that, it's just wow. you, know, you, you know, anytime you see like when you see multiple writers and multiple this, and yes. usually it's not good. Mm-hmm. And this is just mm-hmm. one of those that it, it's it just all came together mm-hmm. and you know became one of the one of the highest rated episodes of the series. Well, I, I had also read that um, one of the guys who wrote the story, basically, I think what, uh, to your point about how he had worked with uh, Denise Crosby previously, um, I had read a, a like an anecdote that he ran into her yes. at a, a, a con mm-hmm. or something, yep. and basically... Um, n- nobody was happy with how she left the series, Um I mean, it's a meaningless death. Her her death is completely mean. It's not like she dies and in right. the process of her death, she saves Troy or she saves the ship or, you know, she sacrifices her life so that someone else can live. It's completely meaningless. Um, and basically... The robot got to sacrifice his life and she didn't. Yes. I mean, exactly. that was much, much later. Ex- yes. No, exactly. You're absolutely right. And so... Um, th- this was a great way to kind of revisit her character and then give her a proper send off. And then, of course, uh, you know, spoilers, I guess, if you've never watched past this episode of Star Trek, she her, her daughter shows up, you know, so it's 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 and that, and that had and, and that had not that that is all a result of this that hadn't there was no even thought of anything like that exactly about this. yeah that, but, and, that all so the, came from this episode yeah the story you say when he uh, i was reading his um he he wrote a book about the making of this episode oh. and 
when he when he talks uh, when he, that situation with Denise Crosby, when he he went to that con or whatever, and he was talking to her, he he's he said, "Can I ask you a question?" And she says, "What you want to have sex with me?" And he, she said, "He turned beet red. He was so embarrassed, <laughs> oh, you know." No. <laughs> so he was joking with him, and then and then uh, basically it was like that they had the same. You know, she's like, "You need to write me into a." You, know, you need to write me into an episode or they need to write me into an episode. And he's like, we're actually working on something like that. And she was all for it. So it was, it's kind of cool. Interesting. That that's, you know, and it, it really is a shame because they, they could have done, and, and we've talked about this before with Star Trek. One of the failings is that they didn't know what to, they didn't write women's characters very well. And, and, and certainly beyond that, there are characters that I don't think, Star Trek has written well over the years, but um, you know, to to her credit, D- Denise Crosby was like, "I did what I could with what they gave me, and and all I did was say hailing frequencies open, and and even when we had a chance to see her be like really tough and awesome, we didn't get that, and so this episode is a great way to revisit that character in this wartime timeline that we're introduced to um and there's so so much wonky stuff about this episode too like i definitely want to talk about the relationship between picard and Riker in this episode yeah in the alternate timeline it is like noticeably chilly and it's (laughs) wild and i'm just like and 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 we'll we'll talk about it when we get there i'm jumping ahead here so i'm sorry we're jumping ahead (laughs) You're taking all my notes. No, I'm kidding. I know. I'm sorry. It's such a good episode. I can't help myself, but I'll be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are we ready to dive into this then? Yes. All right. Synopsis. When the long lost Enterprise C enters the Enterprise D's time and space continuum, an alternate history places the crew at war with the Klingons. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) So we open up. We have Worf. Uh, sitting at a table alone and ten forward and Guinan comes up with a glass of some sort of dark liquid and has him try it. Uh, he was kind of reluctant, but then he did and he liked it and it was prune juice. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where he got his uh, his love for prune juice all of a sudden, which I think is hilarious because he grew up on Earth mostly, right? And didn't they end up going back to Earth after they got him? Yes. Why didn't he dr- I don't know. I mean, he, not that. well, they, they, they in a future episode um, when his adoptive mother comes on board, she mm-hmm. talks to Guinan and Guinan asks her, why didn't you ever give him prune juice? Mm-hmm. And she says, Worf refused to eat anything Same human. Human, yes. I forgot I think about that's, that. I think that's episode family, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's family. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and this, he like, and, uh, refused to and, eat anything human. He only wanted Klingon food. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, and they were and they were talking about it. Part of this script was that this this was supposed to be. You're supposed to get the impression that Guinan's been trying. Yes. Uh, for a long, a while to get something that, you know, that he likes. So that's that's kind of the the payoff here, and it's also the um um. There, there was also supposed to be Worf was supposed to be in the end of this episode in the alternate timeline, but they, I don't know why they, they nixed that proposal. Cause that would have been great mm-hmm. to have that mm-hmm. payoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will just say as a, as a personal anecdote after this episode aired, cause we did watch it live. Mm-hmm. Me and my dad, we watched it live. Um, 
the joke in our house, in the Daling house, was anytime somebody had a little upset tummy and my mom would say, do you want some prune juice? <laughs> if my father was in earshot, he would come out of whatever room he was in and say, a warrior's drink. <laughs> and then go back into his room. That's awesome. I kid you not. To this day, if somebody mentions prune juice around my dad, he will say, a warrior's drink. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I guess she was just trying to find something that was s- sort of awful. Because, you know, they like awful things. Right. So I think Worf would have liked... Um, Worf would have liked... you like gross food? Drink yeah. this. Like, he would have liked that uh, uh, Beverly drink. Coca-Cola makes it for somewhere in Europe, and it's horrible. I think they only keep it around now so that they can have it at, like, their museums and stuff, because that's where I tried it. It was at the Atlanta Coca-Cola Museum, and it was awful. Anyway, I know that's sort of off-topic, but I think Worf would like it. (laughs) (laughs) He he likes gross stuff, so he'd probably like it. Things that humans don't, that most humans don't like. You know, he's sort of like a hipster in that respect. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Um, Anyway, other other human things that he's not too sure about is uh, ladies, because Gaiden tells him he should seek out some quote-unquote companionship. And uh, Worf says that human women are too fragile. And, (laughs) you know, and she tries to tell him well you know you're there's some that'll think that would think you're tame and he i love it when he has his laugh laugh the laugh is greatest (laughs) it's so great it's so great and um impossible (laughs) because you know other other klingons laugh more than Worf does like Worf. it's like he's got it in his head that he's supposed to be like stoic all the time, but you know they're they're always like, "Oh, you're weak!" Ha 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 ha! You know, like they laugh all the time. Um, but you know, whatever. So I just enjoy it when he laughs or when he sings Klingon opera because that's also hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but he you know, also... you have to. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, that's fine. <laughs> what were you gonna say? I was going to say, just a quick comment about Michael Dorn playing the character. I mean, he really threw himself into this character. I mean, he, I mean, even now he's, he's gone on the record saying if, if, if they called him to do a cameo in something or, or do something, he'd, he'd do it again. He'd play Worf again. Like, it's not like he's like, oh, I've, I've hung up my ridges. I'm no longer going to play this character. No, he'll play the character again. And, um, I, I think that just spe- speaks a lot to the actor of how much he just threw himself. You know, much like Brent Spiner and mm-hmm. Data, we always talk about him, but B- Michael Dorn did, did a great job with, with Worf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, God, yeah, he did because well, I don't, I wonder sometimes some of the things that he says, if he ever like had to do multiple takes because some of it is ridiculous, like him saying here in this scene that um you know he didn't want to he didn't want to test any any of those kind of theories that someone might find him tame or whatever uh for the safety of his fellow crew members you know <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so i wrote for for you all overcompensating much <laughs> <laughs> it's like all right calm down bro uh, just, 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 just calm down <laughs> 
Uh, they both look up. They see something that looks kind of like a wormhole or something outside. Worf gets called to the bridge, and we find out Guinan must know that there's something up because she stands in the window and looks out and goes, No. MC. <laughs> 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 um, so then we get our normal uh, shot of the Enterprise exterior. We see Worf enter the bridge. Uh, Picard is asking Data for an analysis, and uh, Data says that it's a time displacement. Um, then they see something coming through the sensors, and the picture shutters, and Picard turns to ask his lieutenant what the anomaly is, and it's no longer Worf, but it's Tasha Yar! What? <laughs> and they and they did they did a great job of setting up that camera shot because mm-hmm. they showed uh they showed him looking over you know at Worf you know and they focused yeah. on Worf and then it focused back and then you get the payoff mm-hmm. uh along with the other things you know the lighting and things that changed well, I like but that, that was just that's just a beautiful shot I like that they do it this at the end too so then whenever yes. he turn you know he turns around to ask then Worf is back so that's exciting um but yeah it's like you know like if you didn't already notice like hey why is everything darker <laughs> um, do we realize in purple in purple lighting above oh right yeah <laughs> it's the new gritty next generation um yeah i found it odd that like i found it i guess it was again meant to be the total contrast and swap mm-hmm. because in like the regular timeline um, everything on the Enterprise is bright mm-hmm. and well lit, except for Ten Forward, which is dimly lit and yeah, because, like soothing, like because you're, yeah. you're supposed to be like you know relaxing fun times. Yep. And then now it's the it's completely flipped. Everything on the Enterprise is dark, like it's almost too dark. Mm-hmm. It's like, could someone please put, like raise the dimmer switch a little bit? Like it's, it's like it's really dark, dark and, and then ten, yes, and then ten. Ten forward is is bright. It's almost like a like a cafeteria bright. Well, that's what it is, really. Yeah, turn into a mess hall, basically. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's the whole idea of it being like a, a battleship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, Tasha couldn't tell what was going on because there was too much interference. Um, and I put in my notes that things are not quite as usual. Besides the obvious of Tasha being back. Uh, the sets have much less light. <laughs> Plus, their uniforms are a bit different. They have black, these black bands at the wrists. You know, and I, mm-hmm. I kind of like yep. that touch. That's cool. And they're wearing, like, shiny belts. And a couple people mm-hmm. have, like, some, some like, I don't know, more... I don't know what it's called. But I think I c- called it maybe bandolier stuff. But, like, I don't know what it's called. But, like, uh, they wear them in, like, the military like with their dress uniform sometimes Do you know what that's actually called brooke no that's why i'm saying i don't know it's what that's called. called it's called a it's called a sam brown belt oh it's a it's a it, it's I a knew belt you would know i know it's, <laughs> it's anyway it's a belt uh and it which is supported by a, like a strap going over your shoulder mm-hmm. or your right shoulder that's that's uh like like royal canadian mounted police yeah people wear that not yeah that's that's yeah. what it was yeah thank you <laughs> 
Well, it's also cool. You don't, you don't, I don't know if you can see it right from there, but you know, um, like Riker, they have the, they just have the belt and then they, they all have, you know, a, a sidearm phaser. Yeah. Like uh, a is, phaser. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the buckle on the belt is like the, the Starfleet symbol, like their communicators yeah. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I just want to. And they had, and they had to do, they had to do that because they, they, they didn't have a lot of money, right, to do a lot of stuff. So they're like, okay, what can we do just to make things a little bit different, Mm -hmm. uh, but not look like we're cheap? You know, I watched it a few times to figure out if they made new uniforms for like the main cast, like the senior staff or whatever. And I think they did at least like. Because now it was two pieces. So at least, like, the jackets they did, because it didn't look like they just applied the black to the wrist. Because, like, uh, Patrick Stewart's was a little more loose around the collar. and Like, there was a few things that were a little bit different. But, you know, they still had everybody else uh, in the background with, like, older uniforms, but still with the belts and stuff. You know, like, so that they could just pass as being, you know, in these new style of outfits and... um you know, they probably didn't realize that someone would be sitting there, um, you know, 30 years later, like, picking it apart. Uh- <laughs> yeah, and Eric, the, uh, Eric Stilwell in that book, he mentions the the one thing that, that he hates to this day about this episode is the, uh, when they, they had her read off, you know, NCC1701C. Mm-hmm. USS Enterprise. He's like, that's just come on. He's like, that is. We know what's. He's like, he goes, you know what one seven one one C is. You right. know, he goes, but but what I will say is this: it's probably one of the best cold opens of the series. Man, mm-hmm. it's just, it's got everything. I mean, mm-hmm. it's got it's. I mean, it's. It sets up everything going forward, and it just sounds so good. The music, the, the uniform, the set, the, the twist already. You got a twist in you know in the first three minutes. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, more than one. Like, there's lots of twists. It's great. Um, so, I, well, not that this has anything to do with that, but just back to the uniforms, I kind of want to... You know, I keep thinking I'm gonna make myself a Starfleet uniform, and usually it's just I wanna, I wanna do like sciences for Deep Space Nine with the teal. But if I were gonna do a Next Generation one, I would probably do one from this episode and wear the belt and stuff because it's just other people don't really ever do that, and I would love to see other people recognize it. Mm. <laughs> no, that that would be cool if you if you made this particular. Um, uniform to be neat for to to see people like recognize it and be like you oh, you only oh! only want to be friends with the people who can recognize that uniform. Anybody right. else, forget it. Right. <laughs> the Marables of the world and David Isaacs, just forget it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Listen, I still have my Star Wars friends. Okay. <sighs> I love that. I love that Joe is besmirching his. His co-host, his yes. friends over here. <laughs> I mean, David has just so much disdain for Star Trek. I mean, even when 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 Marable posted them picture of the mask, I mean, David's even like, "Oh, it's terrible." I, I mean, like David. 
Somewhat. Relax, I, I dude. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's not get into Star Wars fans who are angry. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on those people, but uh, I'll just keep them to myself. Moving on. <laughs> Star Trek. <laughs> um, so we go back to Guinan. She turns away from the window. She's got this worried expression. Um, and then we see that Tin Forward is all lit up and it's full of people and they're all chattering and they've got like their little lunches with them. So it's not a bar anymore. This is where we, where it's like, oh, oh, now it's the canteen. All right. <laughs> you got all that, ch- all that great, all the other stuff they did, this, the, all the, like the chatter over the comms, you know, yeah. you know. Fleet formation briefing in the main war room, uh, you know, Ensign Thomas' CIC, all this stuff that, like, you would hear, like, at a time of war on, like, a base or a ship. Mm-hmm. So it, It's so weird because, you know, you don't, you, you just don't hear anybody's voice. You know, you don't hear, like, the voice of God or whatever, like, for <laughs> usually, <laughs> unless it's really important and Picard calls people to something. But, like, the only voice, the only disembodied voice is usually the computer. So it's like, right. oh, that's rough hearing all these Yeah, they very, they very rarely, I mean, in the, in the show, besides if, uh, you, uh, do a ship-wide communication, like the captain, if there's something serious going on. But normally you don't hear anything like oh. that over the comms. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's crazy, crazy. Um, so, yeah, you know, Guinan thinks this isn't right. Obviously, we know it's not right because it's not what we're used to. Um so, you know, she knows something's changed, and it's kind of interesting that she knows it, and nobody else really knows it. And we'll find out that uh, no one knows it. Um, so we go back to the bridge, and Tasha tells Picard that it's all clear, and that, you know, the whole uh, it's slow reveal that it's the Enterprise C. <laughs> Extremely <laughs> slow reveal. It's like they're just handing her like one letter at a time. Just yes. Like, <laughs> just Can you see up. somebody standing standing behind the camera with cute cards? <laughs> one, seven, like just zero. Big number on one. <laughs> big, big, gigantic, yes. like like ring people. You know, like the ring girls. You know, and like <laughs> UFC. One, <laughs> seven. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, that's oh. hilarious. <laughs> I love it. Um, and <laughs> gosh, I can't, I can't get my breath back. Okay. <laughs> so we get um, everyone looking surprised, and we have the music crescendo, and it goes into our introduction. So it's like, not only do we have all the stuff before that, before, as the cold opened, it went all the way till we found out for sure that it was the Enterprise C, so that was really kind of crazy. Um, Which is an awesome, this, it's probably my favorite ship. I just love the Enterprise C. It's got, it's got the, the, the next generation look, and it's got the original series look. In <laughs> like, it just, it's a good marriage between proportion. the two. Yeah, yeah, it's just so cool. Well, and plus they're still wearing like a a version of like the Wrath of Khan uniforms back for Enterprise C, which my favorite Star Trek uniform is mm-hmm. is Wrath of Khan. 
uh, style. But no, but uh, no puffy uniforms. shirt and and puffy collar, man. No, like, no puffy. They got away with the puffy collar. I know, I know. Believe me, it's uh, that that's the only tweak I don't like. But it's you know. Plus, they didn't have like the 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 pant bottoms that were puffy. Those were those were oh, those were hot. You have to. Yeah, admit. and well, the other thing they don't <laughs> this um. Besides that, they the captain was the only one to have a a, a chest badge on. Yeah, and and I guess and they didn't have the they didn't have the belt. It's because funny when you see the back, you see the back of that uniform because that was originally used in the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's this there's a slot in the back where yeah, the, belt the belt would go the through. Belt loop thing, yeah. <laughs> it's just nothing there. Yeah, it's just it's just a touch of design. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Anyway, so after the intro, we get sort of get our normal uh, shot outside of the Enterprise with the Picard's voiceover, and it's been so long since we had a captain's log, but instead we get a military log with a combat date. But it's okay; I still got to translate it, so I'm excited. <laughs> um, it was. Four three six two five point two, and that was Friday, January seventh, twenty three sixty six at two forty eight Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> nice. um, and in his voiceover, Picard calls Enterprise a ghost from the past. Um, and here we have Data and Wesley, who is in a actual uniform because in this timeline, apparently they needed every body they could get and he got promoted real quick um (laughs) they have what i am calling an expo conversation so that's like (laughs) a conversation that gives you exposition instead of just like someone have a monologue with other people being like oh (laughs) you know because you get sometimes like a big block of exposition like that and it's kind of a lot um so you know this lets us know that the the sea was presumed to story 22 years ago. Well, 20 years ago is what Wesley says. And then Data corrects him. 22 years, 3 months, 4 days. Near Klingon Outpost, Outpost Narenda 3. And if you're counting, they were lost on Sunday, October 3rd, 2343. And that's star date 2318086 Because I did the reverse on that. <laughs> nice very cool so excited hey, do you for think star dates <laughs> i love star dates um do you think in this alternate timeline um they still tell wesley to shut up i, ho- I hope they do <laughs> no i think i feel like picard tells Riker to shut up instead in this timeline <laughs> that's yeah. true is Riker the new wesley oh no <laughs> i don't know well the, the uh one of the also one of the Early scripts, it was um, Jack Crusher was supposed to be in oh. this timeline. So, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would have been cool, too. I mean, there's still a lot of things you just can't put in there, but interesting factoid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, no, for that, you make a movie, right? Even have all those, you know, alternate timeline stuff. Do it like Back to the Future style, you know, mm-hmm. tons of like alternate timelines. Yeah. Well, they said, I mean, like that, like you said, that, um, Eric Stilwell, he said, you know, if 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 this if they didn't use this this script here, he said uh, there was talk about um, 
well, they would have they would have liked to use it for generation. Generations want to do something like this, but like, no, it's too close to yesterday's Enterprise, where mm-hmm. you know, where then you know, the Enterprise A would have come through, and then they would have had to sacrifice, which I think would have been cool. They would have had to sacrifice themselves going back, you know, to the past versus uh, Shatner dying on a scaffold. That right. fell on him. Oh. <laughs> so anyway. No, so Kirk had a, a unuseful death or whatever they were calling it before. <laughs> Is yeah. that what you're saying with the scaffolding? He had a meaningless death. Meaningless a death without purpose. Death. Yes. A death without purpose. Yeah. Uh, hilarious. Anyway, I, I'd never seen it, so I didn't know. There's a lot. There's a lot of Star Trek I still haven't seen, but... I have a feeling with things that people are picking for this, I'm going to get to see a lot more. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, w- I was going to mess with you guys. And I was going to uh, put Star Trek Five as... Oh, God! Just to see what you were going to say. Oh, God. I'm still traumatized <laughs> by Star Trek Five. Uh, we don't, I watched, we don't I watched, talk about that one. <laughs> I have watched all of them over the last, like, week and a half. And, yeah. I... I always skip. I I'll still watch the motion picture, but I don't watch five. <laughs> uh, I ha- I hadn't seen it in a while, and I had to watch it again. And okay. I'm like, yeah, it, it is bad. <laughs> it is bad. <laughs> anyway, enough with the digression. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so data says that there was apparently a cur loop made from superstring material with higher energy interaction in the vicinity of the structure to be formed as, as, and it's unstable. So that was his like techno babble for Rebecca there. Um, I don't know. I don't know exactly. I don't know if anybody actually uses cur loop as a, as a term but there's like a, uh, like a black hole sort of theory and that you could maybe go through it through like through the eye of it oh, what is that called the mo- anyway uh the horizon point oh uh the event horizon the event horizon i knew i would remember what it was <laughs> it just took me a second um that's a, I mean, that cur loop is, is like, an actual... Yeah, it, it's just not usually called that necessarily. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so I thought that was cool that they kind of pulled in some real techno babble in there. Um, and if anybody wants to see any of the calculations for it, they're, they're pretty cool. Um. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm looking at them now on Wikipedia, and it's just... I mean, it's way over my head, as is the majority of science and exponents and cosines and all kinds of stuff. And it's radical. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Listen, the square root of things is, or the cube root, or even or any other root. That is pretty radical. Okay. It is. It is pretty radical. (laughs) (laughs) If people don't know, I don't know if I've said this before. I have a degree in math. I'm a nerd. <laughs> no, see that, but see that's cool because like that stuff is probably way more understandable to you than it is to me. It's just all gobbledygook to me. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> you might you you actually probably understand it. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit. Like I was reading about it, and um, I uh, understand some of it, not necessarily all of it, but. Uh, 
Like it was talking about delta equals zero. Anyway, that's a whole, sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, now I digressed. <laughs> so, um, we hear from Captain Garrett. She sent out a communication detailing what happened to them. And Picard replies and says that they're going to come help. Um, then we see the Enterprise C, Tasha, Riker, uh, Dr. Crusher, and Jordy, and some spares. Uh, well, hold on forward. a second. Hold on. Hold on. Yes. You're getting past the first chippy. Oh, no. What did I do? Picard, <laughs> oh, 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 Picard sorry, sorry. Riker I chippiness, right, whole... Rebecca? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> or he's like, he's like, let's get an away team. Belay yes. that order. Yes. yes. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, I didn't write that down because I thought that I would remember. Yeah. The, we get the first uh, friction between <laughs> Picard and Riker here. <laughs> How, so what's what's the best description for their relationship? Um, I, I I put, uh, like, very coarse. Yeah. You know? it's, yeah, it's, it's very, um, it's what? very coarse. It's almost cold. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's not even, like, respectful like like they don't respect each other i don't think because imagine if this was like the real timeline and Riker gave an order and then picard if he didn't want him to do that he would say you know you could imagine picard being like you know um stand by on that order and then say number one perhaps we should be doing this and that before this and you know, and then like kind of like, ch- like talk it out with Riker, like, and then they would like bro hug it out, and then they'd be like, okay, cool, we're on the same page, like, and, but that doesn't happen here. It's just, I, like I mean, they wouldn't bro really bro hug. hug. <laughs> I just like saying bro hug. It just, yeah. Um, <laughs> but like here, it's just like play that order. No, we're not doing that. Like, and it's like you could see they- that there's not respect for each other in this relationship well it's like it's like if you take so if you if you took the picard we know and then now this person who's basically been in war for 20 plus years he's not like the the poet and the Mm -hmm. you know the the reader of uh shakespeare and all that because you're you're at war all the time probably doesn't even drink tea probably not (gasps) It doesn't even drink tea. Oh my god! What kind of a monster is this? Yeah, no, it's it's true. He's not the Renaissance man that we know. He's you know he's the warrior. He's the fighter that we never really saw because Federation wasn't at war like that mm-hmm. when you know during Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um... Gosh, yeah, they're like they sort of. It's almost like they they they're bigger at each other, or like they're got I don't know, like they like maybe they had once been friends or mm. respectful to each other, and then then there was like a falling out because so now that's the reason why Riker still has his job is because Picard knows that he's good at his job, even though he contradicts him a lot <laughs> or something. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. there's got to be like some sort of history some sort of good history back there and what's ridiculous is that i'm going this deep into this tv show that never goes back to this at any point in time (laughs) but because it it lays it out there and makes you wonder instead of like when you have 
people who aren't very good actors or the writing's not very good. Like, with this many people writing this episode, it could have gone south so quick. Mm -hmm. And anyway. Well, I think the fact that this episode continually gets mentioned in the majority of people's like top 10 lists of like best Star Trek episodes. I think the fact that that is the case is evident by how much you can talk, how much we could talk about this episode 30 years later. Right. And we're still talking about all the nuances that we see here. And I think it just speaks to how good the episode is. If, if, you know, so many people just hold it in that high regard. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, so now, after their little uh, quibble, <laughs> uh, on the Enterprise C, we have Tasha, and then Riker. He gets to te- he gets to do his away team because all timeline Rikers want to do an away team. That's his thing. Um, <laughs> and he's got Tasha and Doctor Crusher and Jordy and some spares. Uh, they find the captain. They think the whole bridge crew is dead besides her. Um, she is uh, Rachel Garrett is her name. Um, they uh, transport her to sickbay in, to the Enterprise D sickbay with Dr. Crusher. Um, Jordy's trying to figure out what's wrong with things. He goes to engineering. He tells members of the crew, hey, we're going to engineering of the away crew and uh, then Tasha hears something over in the corner and uh, underneath some debris is another crew member and her and Riker help him he's helmsman Lieutenant Castillo and um, he's also known as Shooter McGavin just in case yes I'm so glad you brought that up (laughs) (laughs) I can't Shooter McGavin I almost cannot take him seriously anymore when I like see him and things. I eat pieces of crap like you for breakfast. You eat pieces of crap for breakfast? No. <laughs> it's like it depends on like what stage of his life he's in, and so sometimes yeah. I'll think of that, and sometimes it's like because he was in what Greece two or something. Was he? He was like one yes. of those guys. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So then I think about that too. So. Whatever they're well, there. Uh, so uh, I got two things in this scene. So um, Garrett uh, is the name. Garrett's is the name of uh, Trent Janino's favorite pizza place. Ah! So that's why he, he named it Captain Garrett. And there was also a little mini error in the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you watch this, if you watch it again, when Doctor Crusher she taps her badge to to say you know two to two to beam w- to the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she taps her badge and then she puts her hand on uh, Captain Garrett, which gives the indication to the transporter chief who to, you know, who to beam her up mm-hmm. with. And then she goes almost back to tap her, her badge again and then kind of catches herself and puts her hand down real quick. Mm-hmm. And they left it. They left it in the episode. I guess I don't know why they didn't want to <laughs> film it, but it, it was it was just funny. She's like visibly knew she goofed and she was trying to hide it. Because she was uh, annoyed with her hair or a wig or whatever, I don't Probably. know. I assume it was her her 
normal hair or if she wore ever wore a wig then it was the wig because it was like supposed to be shorter but it was curled up a lot so that it looked like it was shorter oh gosh they you know i don't know, you know why they could never get her hair right like di- but it was a different timeline so her hair had to look different that was yes yeah, true <laughs> all right different timeline different hair i should have given her fair. a brown bob or something <laughs> so that's a fair point <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah they beamed a sick bay um and then you know tasha yar finds uh <laughs> finds uh, this guy this uh richard castillo is what his name is and so i've been calling him richard throughout all of my notes um and besides Besides being in Happy Gilmore and Grease 2 and some other things, apparently he played a guy on Boardwalk Empire that had my last name. And now I'm like, I need to look this guy up and see if he was a real person. Because it was like some, I don't know, like he had some sort of, like he was a senator or something. And I think that's... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've watched Boardwalk Empire twice. Yeah. He's he's like one of the local politicians. Yeah. And I'm like... You know, because I know sometimes in those things it's real people, and sometimes they, amalgam, yeah, you know, have an amalgam of people for things. Yeah, so like, which was they had both in that in that yeah. series. Yeah, so uh, I thought I would look it up later, but I haven't yet because I watched this a few times so that I could get everything down. <laughs> um. So <clears throat> the away team calls back to the Enterprise D and tells. Card that the life support is up and that Jordy's working on getting everything else going. Um, <laughs> Riker thinks they need an extra ship because, you know, they're in war and he's like, this could help us kind of thing. And of course, uh, <laughs> oh my God. well, I love, I love it. If you, if you watch that scene where most of the scene, Picard is not even looking at him. He's like, mm-hmm. he's looking at this tablet and he's like, yeah. you know, getting, getting Riker's, you know, information, uh, you know, through one ear, mm-hmm. like, <sighs> recommendations you know <laughs> just another no, chippiness number two he's right playing, there he's playing solitaire mm-hmm. in his ipad <laughs> <laughs> that man is playing galaga over there <laughs> oh god <laughs> uh, so uh picard's like you know well we've got to hurry and then he gives them nine hours and it's so funny because to me i'm like nine hours so Usually on things they give like even numbers of hours, but that's cool. Give them nine hours. I like it. It's an alternate universe. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Um. But he says that if they don't complete the compare, don't complete the repairs on you know by in that amount of time, they're going to have to evacuate everyone. If they can get it complete, they're they'll get them to the star you know next starport or whatever and. uh yeah, so that's that. <laughs> and the the other thing um, in the one of the earlier scripts, the Guinan wasn't in there, so they were trying to figure out a way th- that the people of Enterprise D would find out about the change in history, and they it was they had some alien probe or something that came in in th- with with Enterprise C. I'm glad they nixed that because then they had Guinan. So Guinan's kind of our anchor point mm-hmm. uh, to what we know as the the, the proper universe. Mm-hmm. And I think they did they just they did a, just a 
I love her character anyway. Yes. And I'm 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 so glad that they talked about bringing her into season two of Picard. So, uh, but yeah, I think they did a great job of of using her, just her her intuition. Her you know, they kind of leave a lot of her powers and uh about her species a little bit Mm -hmm. vague which i like Mm -hmm. you know you don't have to explain Mm -hmm. everything so Mm -hmm. well there is actually and i think it's more of a fan theory um i don't think this is canon um so talking about the movie generations which Mm -hmm. in uh whoopi goldberg is in that movie um her species, the Allorians, we know that the Borg devastated their species, and what, however few were left, you know, scattered all over the, all over the universe. Um, she was in the Nexus, if you remember that movie, mm-hmm. and she yep. left a piece of herself behind in the Nexus, like a, an echo. Oh. The fan theory is, and I read this on Memory Alpha, that because. There is a fragment of her consciousness left in the Nexus. She has a way to have, like, she can see beyond regular, like, linear time. So, I mean, take that for what you will. I think it's a pretty fun fan theory. It's not, I don't believe it's canon, but I think it's a nice way to give a fan explanation. Um but also, too, to your point, Joe, they've left her powers very, um, uh, very sort of mysterious because when Q first sees her, yes. um, he's obviously <laughs> afraid of her. And it's very odd. They never really go back to that. Um, <laughs> and but Q did he call her a demon? Her. Did he call her? Did he call her a demon? Something like that, like you, this, 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 this creature, this, I mean, he calls her all kinds of things. And she's got like this odd sort of like, um, stance where she's like holding her hands very specifically. It's a very weird thing of like, are you like, are like claws going to come out like Wolverine? Like what is going to happen? But yeah, that's, it's sort of a fan theory that it's because of the Nexus that she, she knows that this is not the right timeline. My fan theory is that she's a time lord. Like I like that one too. That is completely possible. You, Rebecca, have watched this last season, right? Did you get to see all of it? Not all of it, but I've watched some of it. Yeah. Did you see Ruth? No. Okay. okay. You'll have to like look it up. Okay. If anybody's watched it, they'll know what I'm talking about, and then they'll be like, "Oh, yes, of course." So, that's it. I think I think Doctor Who, I think the Doctor Who universe and the Star Trek universe could easily cross over. Yeah, I mean, the Cybermen and the Borg are basically the same kind of. Thing. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, the, you could even make the argument that well, not really the Daleks, although they are a organic creature in a mechanical are thing. Any, but um, are there any like? Are there any kind of monsters on on there that aren't, like, any kind of aliens that aren't, like, humanoid, uh, but also not, like, too far? You know, like, there's not anything like the Daleks, I don't guess, in anything else. Like, oh, Doctor like- Who has other characters that are similar to that, which they're, like, yeah. other sort of robot things, but, from the old show, but. I mean, I guess, well, like. Hmm. Like the non-humanoid. I mean, like the Trill, um, the Trill symbionts. Yeah. They look like 
worms yeah, like or slugs. Um, so and they do need a host sort of, body. Sort of like the Dalek, but they have a metal body. Yeah. And they're like octopus-looking yeah. things. And the Trill relationship is much more benign than the <laughs> Daleks are. <laughs> yeah. So basically, Trills are Daleks. Yeah, okay. And uh, we've, we've proved mathematically that Trills are Daleks. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Did you carry the five? Uh, <laughs> Probably not. I stink at math. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, somewhere in my notes I had written, it confirms my belief that she's... Because data says something about um, that her species is able to see across time differently and making me sure that she really is a time lord. <laughs> I mean, 10 forward is bigger on the inside than it is on Ooh. the outside, so I think we're on to something here. Oh, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> back to Star Trek. <laughs> um... So, Guinan, after they decide that nine hours to, to either repair or evacuate, Guinan comes in, she's looking around, and she kind of acts like she doesn't really exactly recognize things, and she tells Picard, we need to talk, because it's not the way things are supposed to be. And it's like, husbands don't want to hear that, and neither did Picard. <laughs> 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 oh, that's hilarious! <laughs> Thank you. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> uh, we see them in his ready room, which is funny because it's like his ready room is more like the observation deck room that they usually go in. The observation lounge. I couldn't remember what it's called. You know, because he's got more of a table because it's more like a war room because it's a war yeah. ship and everything. So. Uh, but they're, they go in there, and she's telling him that things are wrong. She's like, your uniforms are different. The bridge is different. Uh, there should be families on. What? What? Children on the Enterprise? I mean, at least we know that <laughs> this Picard also doesn't like kids. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and she's like, this is not a ship of war. This is really supposed to be a ship of peace, you know, and. She's telling him that the Enterprise C has got to go back to where it came from. It has to, because it has to make everything go back to the way it's supposed to be, basically. And, um, and I love the, I love the, I love the board, the uh, tactical board behind them. Mm -hmm. You know, that's got all the like the sector, and it's got all the the Federation ships and the Klingon ships. And I couldn't read it, but in in one of the things I read, it was um, the Trent Janino, one of those ships or something that says Janino on there on oh, nice. the Federation. I wanted well, them, but neat. couldn't. I couldn't make anything out. So it it definitely has that sort of um, definitely feels like that that like World War Two movie feel where like you, they would you know those World War Two movies that have like the whole tables taken up with this giant map and they're moving like tanks around mm -hmm. with like these shuffleboard looking things yeah. and it's like well if we attack from the east and then they attack from the west like it's very much like that and i just i like how this movie of oh, this movie this episode um it feels like a movie how this episode really captures that like wartime feel like like we are at war and and that's another reason why picard is like children on the Enterprise, it would be like if there were 
families and children on an aircraft carrier that was, you know, yeah. in the time of war. What a ridiculous thing. Who would do that? That's, you know, that's not appropriate. That's not the way it works. And so, yeah, that's why he's genuinely shocked. There he is, Wesley. That's enough. That's enough. You know, that's enough of a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love how he like scoffs at her. He's like, Oh, oh yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> I said it when he it's it's great, man. All this stuff is great. Um so then we go back to Sick Bay. Picard enters to check up on Garrett. Uh he gives her a status report on her ship and you know, they kind of talk and then she basically forces him to tell her what's going on and um because you know she's noticed how like advanced their sick bay is and that their uniforms are weird and all this stuff and um yeah so he has to inform her that she is 22 years in the future well 22 years three months and four days in the future uh, <laughs> um she said they were answering a distress call from a klingon outpost on uh narendra three and the Romulans were attacking it and they you know kind of got caught in that firefight and everything and then they ended up there where they are now um so Picard you know is kind of like well you know if if you had succeeded in that maybe we wouldn't be in this situation but you know whatever (laughs) um nice job female captain (laughs) This Picard might have been like that. I bet she would have been. Oh, God. Uh, I don't like this Picard. Uh, I thought there was. He doesn't stick around. It's okay. Calm down. Okay. So we go back to Enterprise C. Uh, Tasha and Richard are figuring out tactical. Uh, he worries about not seeing his family you know, again. And, you know, she tries to reassure them. Maybe they're still alive. And he you know says oh well what if i don't recognize him and all this kind of thing and it's he's pretty sharp isn't he he's a real sharp person like hmm yeah my whole family everybody's dead in 22 years every person yeah my my nephews everyone everyone's dead i'm the only one left (laughs) my family's very sickly they don't do well (laughs) everyone in my family only lives to be 50 years old Like, dude, it's 22 years, not 2,000 years. I'm sure somebody's alive. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Hilarious. This is the future. We have advanced medical stuff. I'm sure they're okay. <laughs> they're probably fine. <laughs> His wife's probably married to someone on the Enterprise D. She's probably on the ship. <laughs> that's runs no, into her no in the hallway. On, there's no families on the ship. Remember? Oh my god! Maybe she's, so maybe she's an officer. She's married that's to somebody okay. walking down the hall. Hey, that is when they go later to check up on the on Garrett. It's like he sees her as like one of the medical officers or something. Now, what if she's like, like the transporter chief when he's like, when they're oh. kissing right before the beam back? Like, wait a minute. <laughs> Awkward. Big, she's big like. She's like, I know you. And he goes, yeah, you look like my dead wife's mother. And then she's like, no, 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 I uh, I, 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 am her. <laughs> Not the mother, your supposed dead wife. 
I was only 25 when you disappeared. What did you think was going to happen? He's like, oh, you look really good. It's like if you look at Jennifer Aniston at 25 and then uh, 46 or whatever. It's like she looks exactly the same. It's like, yeah, like this right? guy. They're all dead. Um, no, they're not. Like, it's, does he think... Does he think his whole family are like the grandparents from Willy Wonka? They're all living in one bed in some shack. Oh, if only he had disappeared 22 years ago. Tasha, like, as he says that, she turns away from him. It gets on her communicator. I'm working. Click, click. I'm working with a moron over here. No wonder we're at war. These people can't even get to... I wonder we're at war. Twenty-two years ago, everybody was a freaking idiot. <laughs> she's like, what? She's like, I thought we weeded out all of the stupid, beautiful people years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I love this tangent so much. <laughs> it's the funniest thing. Oh my god! <laughs> Didn't. Didn't the plague of 2020 wipe out all of this? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh my God. I really had That's to make hilarious. it topical. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love, like, I love that she tries to just reassure him. It's like, it's just being like, are you stupid? <laughs> <laughs> I would have well, asked she, him if he was stupid. Yeah, well, when she tells him that, he was like, he's like got the revelation that, wow, man, I may have people that are alive. Right. Like, like he, like we just asked him to to figure out the formation of a cur loop. You know, what I mean, like this is this is twenty two years, you idiot. Oh my gosh, it's like he's the only child of an only child of an only child or something, so he doesn't have family around, so he's not sure about his parents. And, and they, they all died the day they turned 50. Like, there's yeah, no yeah. one alive. That's it. They're all gone. Castillo, did your parents protest the coronavirus? <laughs> did your great-great-great-grandparents? Well, they were anti-vaxxers, so... <laughs> I'm shocked I've lived this long. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Shit. I can't. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> Oof, okay. So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, she, she she's all like, well, you know, the future's not that great. Like, half of the Federation's been lost due to war with the Klingons. And he was talking about how there was supposed to be a peace treaty that was signed whenever they were going off on their, you know, voyage or whatever. And (laughs) then he's kind of like, hey, maybe you could fill me in sometime on the rest of it, you know, kind of (laughs) thing. And Tasha Yar continues to be my hero because she just ignores him. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, even if she, I mean, I've been in this situation Sometimes there's somebody that you maybe you think, oh yeah, I think I could like them, and they might say stupid things, and you're just like, I'm gonna ignore it. We're gonna see if it gets worse. If it gets worse, then it's then I'm gone, you know. So I get it. She didn't egg him on. She was just like, work, 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 <laughs> and I appreciated that. <laughs> so then we go back, and Picard and Data are talking about the rift. 
it is possible that Enterprise C could go back through the rift, but they would end up right where they came from in between the firefight of all the Romulan ships. So they probably wouldn't make it. They'll probably, you know, get destroyed or, or, or whatever because it's four against one. Picard doesn't really want to send them back because that's just like sending them to their death. So right now he's kind of opposed to Guinan's idea of sending them back. Yeah, and I guess I guess the only point of this scene was to say if they go back, they're going back exactly when they left. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that's that's really the only point of this scene. So you, you to to let us know, yeah, okay, they'll if we send them back, they're not going to be now back whatever right. a, a like, day and a half later, and yeah, it's they're it's, not going to be back, and then surprise, these characters are going to show up later. Yeah. Or, or, like, even if they were to go back, let's say, even 12 hours before they disappeared, they, they would know, hey, in 12 hours, we're going to be in the middle of this Romulan thing. We could prepare for it. They, they don't even have that advantage. They'd basically be going back right at the moment they left. So, yeah, almost no, no hope for winning that battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if they went back before... Then they would still be there from when before they left. So then they crossed their own timelines. They went mm-hmm. back too late after. Then the outpost would already complete, be completely yeah. destroyed and wouldn't have shown that the Federation helped at all, and they'd still go into war. Yeah, this this is the so this this time travel. This is like the Avengers Endgame type thing where mm-hmm. the whatever happened happened. Mm-hmm. You know because yeah. because mm-hmm. that's how you can get Tasha. Uh, you know, in the future, you know, then she's captured and has a kid and that type of thing because it, you know, the past you can't change the past. Mm-hmm. The past has happened, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's the way. I, that's the way I read it. Yeah, I mean, although they do change the past because they do send, they do set. It, it's very timey wimey, wibbly wobbly, right? Just for the Doctor Who reference here, like they send back a person who theoretically is already dead. Right. And then uh, she still manages to have a kid who shouldn't even exist, really. It's right. very paradoxical. You know, it's yes. very... Yep. It's, it, it, it's a paradox. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very Doctor Who. This episode has a lot more elements of Doctor Who than I realized. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but, you know, it's like they were changing, it's weird, because they, you know, like you said, they were changing the past, but it, the past, it had already, in the past, it had already changed the future into this alternate timeline that they were in. So, they were changing it back, but then it, yeah, like, it just got real convoluted after that, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, we are somewhere on the ship in one of the hallways, uh, Tasha is showing Richard around, and now I'm wishing I had called him Dickie or something, because that would have been more funny. <laughs> That's funny. She's telling him that Enterprise D is the first galaxy-class warship with 42 decks, and it can transport up to 6,000 troops. They go and visit Garrett in Sick Bay. Uh, she wants to leave and resume being captain of her ship. She's like, I gotta go back, we got things to do. We're going to help you, whatever. Um, you know, Dr. Crusher's kind of like, uh, no, you need to, like, 
hang out here for 24 more hours, even though we're, like, super advanced technically. And, you know, you can have, like, surgery to make you look like a Klingon or something and then go right back and it looks like it never happened, but you still have to lay here for 24 hours. (laughs) Or they could both they could both have cur- the whatever that hairstyle is hair battles between both of them. <laughs> they both have a similar thing. They could they could do like a hair off or something. It's That's true. really why Beverly wanted her to stay so that they could have a hair a battle. Hair battle, yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, no, uh, Garrett's not having any of this, and she leaves, even though uh, Doctor Crusher objects. That's what a, that's what a captain would do, though. That's yeah. that's perfect, perfect oh, writing. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent a captain. You know, Kirk, Kirk did it all the time. I don't have time for those bones. You know, he did it all the time. Picard and everybody does it. So yeah. Um. So then we see Guinan enter entering Picard's ready room. Uh, he wants more information from her. Uh, she doesn't have it. She's. Sorry, I told you everything I know. And, you know, he says that he can't sacrifice all the people on the Enterprise C just because of her feelings or intuition or whatever. Uh, she says she can't explain, but she knows that she's right and that this is not the correct timeline. This is not the way things are supposed to be. And, you know, she says that 40 billion people have died in the war. And if they can, basically, if they can send them back. And it changes things back to the way it was. Then all that wouldn't have happened. Basically, the the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Mm, oh yes, did I perfect say that application right? of I don't perfect know application I of that logic? You sure did. Mm-hmm. You sure did. <laughs> but it's true. Like if you think about the immense scale or how much life has been lost in this war, forty billion people lost in this war i mean that could have been avoided sadly because one ship with its 100 what 27 people crew well, excuse me made a sacrifice more than that because a lot of people some of them were dead already mm-hmm. no you're absolutely right so it's it's more than it's more than just that yeah that 127 it's that plus whoever has already died but um it, it is the case of the needs of the many outweighing the needs of the few or the one. So it's, yeah, I, I do love the scene between Picard and 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 Guinan where he's just, he's just he's like it's 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 not good enough. Damn it, it's not good enough. And 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 she's like, how long have we known each other? A- am I the type of person just to ask you to do something because of a, of a, of a whimsical thought? Like you know, she's basically begging him to trust their years of friendship to act on this act on on this on this recommendation to send this crew back to die it, it's a great scene it's very powerful another thing about Guinan being a time lord is that you know she's been around for a long time and that she met Picard back in like the ancient west Yes. Time period. You know. Mm-hmm. So maybe, yeah, maybe she's just ran out of regenerations. <laughs> maybe, or yeah, maybe this is her last regeneration. <laughs> All right. So Guinan goes back to ten forward, and 
where we have seen Tasha and Richard, where we find out his name is Richard, they were, you know, talking shop and everything, and uh, Guyton asks if they've been waited on, and Tasha says no, and she asks for their rations. And once Guyton walks away, she comments on how Guyton's been looking at her kind of funny, and she doesn't really know why. She's like, I've known her for a long time, I don't know what's going on. So they talk about some more advances in technology, and then he's like, you know, we don't have to be so formal. What she called you, Tasha, right? And she's just like, yeah. <laughs> and you know, he's like, well, most people call me Castillo, and she's just like, okay, Castillo, you know, kind of like, all right, or whatever. And he goes, my mo- my mother calls me Richard. And then he's like, I think I'd feel better if you called me Richard. And then there's like flirty eyes and everything, and uh, the senior officers get called to Picard's ready room before they can get their space food. I know they're using, still using, like, replicators for rations or whatever, but I just, like, I just was imagining, like, they're getting, like, that uh, freeze-dried ice cream and stuff. Yes. Oh, yes. Or, or those cubes that they used to serve it on uh, the original series. <laughs> yes. Yes, something like that. So they go away, and as they're walking out, Tasha looks back up at... Guinan, you know, their eyes sort of meet, and they ca- and she's kind of like worried. Look, like what's going on? And then Guinan like looks away, and, and she's also kind of worried because she knows what's going on. <laughs> she knows that Tasha's supposed to be dead, just like the rest of us. <laughs> um, in the ready room, uh, Picard tells his senior officers that they'll send the Enterprise C back to where it came from, uh, and. <laughs> As I was putting that in my notes, it was made me think of Monsters Inc. When it's like, put that thing back where it came from, or so help me, you know. It's like he's gonna start. <laughs> Picard's yes. gonna do that little song and dance, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know they're kind of worried because it's like, uh, hey, you know these are this is 125 people. Hey, they could help us, you know, all this kind of thing, and. <laughs> Riker goes to give his two cents. He's like, well, in my opinion, you know, kind of thing. And Gets cut off yes. right there. Boom. He's like, yeah. I'm well I th- aware I I'm a- of your opinion. Yeah, I'm aware of your opinion. This is a briefing. I'm not seeking your consent. Shut yes. up. Yes. He's like, oh, man. he's like, you know, I'm not asking for, for anything. I am telling you, you know, like, this is orders. Listen here. <laughs> But I do, I do like the, the the beginning of the scene. You get the picture behind Picard of him, you know, with his finger. He's just, you know, you could see with the stress. You could see, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to be making this announcement, but it's he's not a hundred percent that this is the right thing to do, and he knows what you know what everybody's going to think about this. Data tries to, I guess, help people see that the death of these people might not be so bad because if the Klingons realize that they are helping them. And that they die helping them whether they actually get to save the outpost or not. That's like an honorable death. Because, you know, die in war and all that kind of thing. And, you know, so that might be the difference that they need to not even go into war. And to go ahead and sign the peace treaty. Uh, and that's also where he mentions the thing about Guinan. So all the officers leave. Picard dismisses them because he's just like, I was just telling you what you were going to do. 
get out of here. <laughs> um, and Tasha starts to follow everybody else, and then she kind of stops and is thinking, and then she turns around and gets on the elevator with Data, and she's very distracted, and he's like, um, from the look on your face, I believe you're preoccupied with something unpleasant. <laughs> and then she says she's thinking, and then she basically tells him that she likes Richard. She doesn't say it in so many words, and that she's worried about what will happen to him when all of this goes down. And Data, of course, reassures her by saying, um, yeah, we probably won't even know any of this happened. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. So then on the Enterprise C, we see Tasha helping Richard check off the list, you know, the phasers are like this, the shields are this, and the warp speed and everything. Um, Picard is talking to Garrett about going back, and he said, you know, like, basically he trusts Guinan, he's like, you can meet her if you want, if that'll make you feel better, and she explains how some of her crew kind of wanted to go back, because some don't want to not be without their families, because apparently all their families died already too <laughs> died young uh, <laughs> and some of them you know were... everyone's dead everywhere <laughs> I, I don't know maybe because their ship is broken and doesn't have very good warp speed by the time they got back to earth it would be like 20 more years I don't know <laughs> anyway she tells him that she she's okay with staying and helping if that's what they need and all that kind of thing and he confides in her that uh, the war is going pretty bad and one more ship is not going to really help because they're probably going to surrender in the next six months. So, yeah. <laughs> like, oh. And I like that he got a little quiet, you know, because mm. he was telling her a, you know, like a secret. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty good because sometimes on shows people still talk at their regular volume. <laughs> Yeah, like you can. That guy can obviously hear what you're saying, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, no, but this this is this is, uh, this is another. This is a great scene. Whereas, you know, the people on Enterprise D, they know the war is going bad. They don't know it's going that bad. And you know, obviously, it's captain's captain's job to try and keep morale up and everything. And basically, says we're we're a lost cause. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, and he even kind of tells her that the possibility of if they go back you know that it it could be the thing that changes the war somewhere along the lines she's she goes with that plan she's like hey dicky tell everybody we're gonna go back (laughs) (laughs) back to the future or the past i mean (laughs) 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 just needed to call him dicky once i'm sorry um Card leaves. Tasha's like, I'm going to stay here for a second. You know, no big deal. She talks to Richard. <laughs> and she's like, you know, she Tasha explains to him. I said, I said, Picard explains on one episode of Picard. Uh, and so now she's Tasha explaining all of the stuff to him. And she's like, well, oh no, sorry. You'll, you'll, you'll do great. You can do it. Yeah, I know you. <laughs> And so I thought that was great, because usually it's, you know, the guy telling the girl that kind of stuff. Um, Then they get hit by, like, a torpedo or something, and so everybody runs to their stations. Um, They get hit a few more times, and Garrett gets 
killed by some flying debris. No, another expl- If I was to go back and to be in that time period, I would invent the non-exploding consoles yeah. because that seems to be the highest cause of death on right. starships. Right. Like the thought, like shouldn't they have things that aren't as flammable? Because there's a lot of fires and stuff, and yeah, yeah, combustible. Like surely, surely, can't you have something that'll just melt itself or something or it just not explode. Yes, the exploding console, exploding console is ter- is 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 awful in Star Trek. These cars- there's, there's also there's also like falling debris that looks like boulders. Yeah, in a lot of Star Trek. So maybe they should stop building their starships out of rocks. Yeah, why, why, maybe also be why don't they use why don't they use like drop ceiling tiles? Because if those fall, they won't hurt anybody. You know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but the, you know the floor the floor above it is still going to break off and fall through those but also, ceiling tiles. Hold on a minute, but if you, if you really think about it, the how the starship is designed, the bridge is in the very worst spot. It's like in the most exposed. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for it to be all the way up top, uh, and, and easily destroyed when you sh- like the battle bridge is actually where the the real bridge should be in the mm-hmm. middle of the ship, protected, so in case the shields go out, but. What do I know? <laughs> you tell him, Joe. <laughs> I'm just saying. They had this whole thing with this fight, and then I guess it's calmed down. So we see Richard entering Picard's ready room, and Picard, you know, he tells Picard, he's like, I'm ready to take this ship. I'm the, you know, senior person left, and all that kind of thing. Riker's all like, Oh, but he's the last surviving senior officer, and the, it wasn't meant to fly without the captain and you only have this much and that you know like he's like he's like surely surely the enterprise the enterprise wasn't meant to go into battle without our captain and he's like well i can't answer that and don't call me surely (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like he's like listing off all of these things Riker, you wanted this ship to stay here and help fight. It's like, it's not going to, you're not, if they're shooting at you now, they're not going to make it anywhere to get fixed. So who who cares if they go back in time or not? Because they can't help you in the shape they're in. And it looks like you're not going to get to go anywhere and yeah. drag and tow them anywhere or whatever you're going to do so that they could get like fully functional. So just shut your trap. <laughs> like he's so mouthy. <laughs> Anyway, but Richard says that he's good people, and they want to they want to do their jobs, and they want to help, and all this kind of thing, and that Garrett would want him to do this, so that's what he's going to do, unless Picard orders him to do something different, and then Picard's like, "Okay, fine." Picard asks how much damage the ship took, and then gives him more time to prepare, you know, to try to repair and everything. Um, and Richard replies that it was moderate, but Garrett ended up with, um, some shrapnel in her forehead that looked like it was, like, a small uh, saw blade or something. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> like it had like almost perfect little teeth notched in. It's like the, 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 when they built the Enterprise, the carpenter left the, the saw blade accidentally, <laughs> and it, when the thing exploded, it went yes. right into her forehead. Yes. I knew, I I knew they should not have built the machine shop directly above the bridge. This was clearly a design flaw in the Enterprise C. <laughs> Bob, you done building that console? Uh, yeah, let's go lunchtime. Just leave that, leave that stuff in there. Just We'll come back and get it later. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so Tasha escorts Richard to the transporter room, and they say goodbye again, and they kiss, and he beams away, and, you know, his still-living wife is standing there going, what just happened? <laughs> 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 uh, I just had to bring it back other, to that. The other, the other line is, she's like, "I wish we had more time." He's like, "I think we have all the time that we we that we can handle." You know, but <laughs> boom. I mean, like, come on. Oh God. Um. <laughs> anyway, so Tasha goes to see Guinan. She's like, "Why are you looking at me funny? Like, what's up?" And <laughs> Guinan's like. We're not supposed to what know you, each other. What you looking at, Guinan? Right? What you looking at, Guinan? She's like, listen. We are supposed to know each other. You're supposed to be dead. <laughs> D-E-D dead. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, you know, Tasha starts interrogating her about it. And Guinan says she doesn't know how or whatever. But she knows that it was a death without purpose. And I was thinking this might be a little bit of a poke at some of the writing from before where, you know, she just didn't have much purpose most of the time. 100%. Then, That's a good one. Yeah. You know, and of course her death didn't have much purpose either. It's like, we were going to see her fight in this awesome, like, championship thing. And then she has to die. It was going to be so great because she was going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Why did they have to... S- I, I always go back to this. Because why did they have to set her up to actually do something awesome right before they killed her off? Like, that's not fair. We've been waiting a whole season for her to do something cool. I know. I know. Believe me. Um, th- did you guys ever see the documentary Chaos on the Bridge? No. Okay. If I believe it's still on Netflix. If not, it might be on Amazon Prime. Chaos on the Bridge, they talk a lot about... Um, that first season of TNG and they do talk about Tasha Yar's death and all that. Excuse me. And they do talk to, um, they talk to Maurice Hurley who worked on the show at the time. Oh, he's a real character. Like you could see it even in just this documentary. Like he's a real character. This was a guy who used to write for like Miami vice he was like the showrunner or the writer for Miami Vice. Then he comes on to work on Star Trek and he's like, I don't understand this science fiction. Like, you know, more more shooting. Like, that's all he knew, right? We need so m- more rolled up sleeves. No socks. Yeah. yeah. Get those <laughs> socks out of here. Put those shades on. Like, yeah, exactly. Like he so they talk a, <laughs> they talk a lot about um the decisions that led to how they wrote her out of the series um, and the feelings that they had, you know, sort of these mutual dislike that was happening. Mm -hmm. But um, 
it's it's not a long documentary. I think it's a little under an hour. It's worth watching. Uh, it's called Chaos on the Bridge, uh, and it's 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 really well done. It answers a lot of questions about that first season of uh, of TNG. Nice. Yeah, we'll have to check that out. I'll uh, make sure to find out where it is and have a link or a note or something about it so that uh, yeah, so everybody else can check it out. Um, so once Tasha gets this information that she died without purpose, she rushes off to Picard's ready room. She has to transfer to Enterprise C. He's really surprised and he tries to talk her out of it because he thinks that it's a crazy thing to do. And she's just like, I wasn't supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be dead. You know, and <laughs> Picard's like, what did she tell you? <laughs> and, you know, so she tells, you know, like her whole bit with Guinan. And, you know, they need somebody in tactical. And if she's, she'd rather die with purpose than, you know, be wiped out of this existence and having died without purpose before. So, you know... They kind of argue a little bit, and in the end, he he relents and he lets her transfer. So, we go back to Enterprise C. Richard is captaining about, ordering people around, uh, and Tasha appears, and she's like, yeah, I'll take tactical. And, of course, he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> You know, she she tells him that she transferred, and he welcomes him aboard. Earlier before, uh, he was like, if they, basically if they survive this, and she's on Earth one day and sees some guy in his 50s staring at her, you know, not to worry too much about it, because it's him, basically. <laughs> anyway, but, so now she's there with him, and whether they're going to survive or not, kind of thing, and uh, he gives her sort of hungry eyes, because... He will likely never lay hands on her again. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> um, and he tells her to take her station. He gets all professional and is like, get to work. <laughs> so then we get a supplemental mental military log. No stardate, no combat date, no nothing. There are three Klingon ships. They're uncloaked because they're being very audacious. Um... Picard, you know, makes like a speech about how they should make sure no one forgets the name Enterprise. <laughs> and I said, this version of Picard is more awkward with words. Like, that was sort of like a rough but short speech. Like, it was not like the eloquent Shakespearean Renaissance Picard that we know and love. Like, he's like, mm. yeah, everyone, let's do this. I mean, he almost reminds me of, like, General Patton in ah! this episode. Like, he's yes. almost like that uh, that sort of, like, gruff-to-the-point military commander. Mm -hmm. and, and because that's really who he's supposed to be mm -hmm. in this timeline. You know, as we've mentioned, this is not the Picard that we're used to. Mm -hmm. So he's definitely much more like a like a General Patton here. Um, which is it's, it's interesting to see, although even though that, that speech is short... It does contain that great line, right? About oh yeah, you know, let's make sure history never forgets the name Enterprise, and and it's just it's a 
it's just a great line. Like, it just felt like it took so long for him to get to that line, and there was only, like, one or two before it. It's true. One, seven, zero, (laughs) one, C, USS, Enterprise. Enterprise. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that scene? If like every time she's saying the the, the numbers, like people around her are getting closer and closer <laughs> to hear it. And they're like six of them, you know. Everyone's just left their stations. Yeah, Tur- turns into like a little football huddle. Exactly. Everybody's so close. <laughs> oh, so the Enterprise D uh, is fighting the birds of prey. They've gotten hit. They're trying to protect the Enterprise C, because they want to make sure they get through the rifts so they could end this. Um, there's only one bird of prey gets hit. Another exploding another exploding console, Riker. Another <laughs> <laughs> another exploding console, and Riker gets hit. There's a point where the Klingons are like, prepare to be boarded and surrender, you know. And this is like the best, because it's not like normal Picard. This is like yeah. this version of Picard. He's just like, that'll be the day. And he vaults over the panel that's behind him. Well, we, we didn't we didn't mention that. One of the, yeah, exactly, exactly. But one you know one of the changes was that his captain's chair is like up like four feet higher. Oh, you right. know, it's he's like looking down at everybody. So oh, man. true, true. But that's a but that's a great scene where they where he's doing all that and you and you get like the out of focus fire in the foreground. Yes, uh, and that was again. He's like that maniacal. was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna get you, you know. <laughs> but they were and saying that they <laughs> they wanted to make that wharf as the bird of prey captain. Oh. That would have been the perfect. That would have been the perfect moment. Like we, you know, they don't know who he is. This right. crew doesn't know who he is, but we know who he is. Like that would have been cool. Mm-hmm. Like you know. Attention, Federation vessel. This is Worf, captain of the bird of prey, whatever. You know, like that would have been to the audience. Like, oh, I, think, I, think they said the, I think they said the other thing was that, that, that one of the things was his parents uh, maybe died on Narendra 3, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So oh, I see. Okay. That type of thing. So he's, so he's, he's hates Federation a lot so but uh yeah and and i think the other thing they one of the original earlier scripts is i think like almost everyone except picard like visibly died on the bridge when they thought they're like that's too much you know Mm. everyone that's kind of overkill Gotcha. What is this, Rogue One? Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to bring Star Wars into this. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what... There's, there's, they're in the stars, they're in space, there's a war. I mean, that's almost what we're watching. True. Um, <laughs> except for her. I was going to say, our, our stand-in Wookiee is not here because... Like war, oh. but then that's terrible, and I feel terrible for saying it because I, I love war. So but also, Chewbacca is great. So, oh yeah. So yeah. So I mean, they're both great, and not necessarily get a whole lot of things to do. I just feel like I took it too far. <laughs> so you know, after Picard starts doing all this stuff, like shooting at the Klingons, saying that they're not going to get him, fires flashing up in his face. We see the Enterprise C go through the rift. Then we see Picard's face again. 
it's much lighter. And he asks for a report, and he turns around, and there's Worf! We're back to our original timeline! We did it, everybody! (laughs) (laughs) Exciting. So, he said that the anomaly they saw appeared to be a ship, but then it disappeared. So they're just like, meh. And then Guinan calls up to the bridge, and she's like, is everything all right? And Picard, (laughs) like, is confused, but it's just like, yeah. So then we see her in 10 Forward, where she's been making her queries, and, um... Jordy's at a table, she sits down with him, and uh, she's like, so, tell me about Tasha Yar, and he's just like, okay. Uh, And I noticed that he's wearing the alternate timeline uniform with the black on the cuffs of the sleeves. Yep, he sure is. (laughs) Someone didn't catch that. (laughs) And uh, um, I also, I wrote in my notes, if anyone needs a continuity supervisor when this pandemic is over, you can just email picardcast.com. (laughs) <laughs> at gmail.com uh, because I'll help out <laughs> I tell you I, I, I love that end scene the, mm-hmm. just the the way the music the music is and it, it like it just gets me I just it's mm-hmm. I just like it because it's like you know she now she wants now you know knowing what she knows happened now she wants to know you know learn about Tasha Yar from from Jordy so I think that's just a just a perfect bookend to this to this episode. Except for he's wearing the wrong uniform. No, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was um yeah, I do enjoy how it ends. It is very bookended. Um I do like that Guinan remembers that there was something that like wasn't right. I do like that she wants to know about Tasha. And I, I think that that's I think it was a this was a great way to really give that character a proper goodbye. Yeah. You know, you know, she was unhappy on the show. And, you know, when you watch that documentary about chaos on the bridge, you know, Maurice Hurley, who worked on the show, his attitude was like, Oh, well, she thinks she could do better. Let her go somewhere else and get another Mm -hmm. job. Like that's, that's really how he felt. And, you know, even now, you know, Denise Crosby, if she's asked about it, I don't think she holds malice toward the franchise in general, but there are, there are people that she worked with that are like, yeah, those people were jerks to me because she left the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of Dr. Who, that's how the, that's how Christopher Eccleston was anyway. So yeah, it's, it's just, it's a real shame how they got rid of her character originally. And then they didn't give her more to do. I mean, she's supposed to be the chief of security, and all she says is hailing frequencies open. Yeah. I mean, how how much can you do with that character? You know, I mean, it's shocking that, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, Marina Sirtis stuck around so long as Troy when, you know, Captain I sent something. That was, like, 85% of her lines, you know? So it's like... <sighs> Yeah, they could have done better by her, but I feel like this storyline, at least for the character-wise, definitely tries to rectify that. And again, you got to remember, this wrote this in three days. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's just unbelievable, if you think about it. I mean, that's just, you talk about doing something under pressure and becoming one of the best episodes they made. Ugh. You know, they had the story, I guess. But still, yeah, they, all of those people got together and worked it out. And 
over a holiday. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Oh. Well, like I said, if you if you in, in that making of book that he wrote, if you if you read the final outline for it, there were so many things that the when they did teleplay that they filled in all you know the with the relationship with her and uh, Castillo and just all all the other things that kind of little pieces that made this episode what it is but yeah they yeah like i said they've had the basic framework but it's there's so many pieces in here that make this episode there's just uh, uh just something complete and solid from beginning to end definitely all right so do you have any more uh trivia or anything about this episode or any more gushing about this episode that you'd like to give no, I mean I got I think I'm trivia. I think I'm trivia out. Yikes. I, I think I'm. Oh my god! I, know. I can't believe it. I know. Oh, they did. They did. Uh, they did page Doctor Salar over. That's one of the her assistants um, in the regular next oh, generation. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah, oh, that's, that's pretty Dr. cool. Doctor Salar report to like the Null G Ward stat. That's mm. what they said, and I think that was when. Uh, uh, either when Picard was coming to see Garrett or when Castillo and Yar were coming to see Garrett. So, Yeah, that was another character. How come we never got more Dr. Salar? That was another character. I liked her. Um, we got her very briefly, you know, in the beginning of the show and then never saw her again. <laughs> oh, there was another There was another one, I remember. They, they paged Ensign. It was, it was in honor of, of Major Barrett. Um. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think they 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 uh, they they paged uh, Ensign Barrett, so nice. and they they acknowledged that was that was uh, to honor her. Okay, egg. that's, that's it. Cool. That's all my Easter eggs. That's it. That's oh my god, Joe is trivia out. I can't believe it. Wow. That is it. <laughs> I guess that's it for yesterday's Enterprise. As always. Oh, 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 oh sorry, sorry. Oh. Before we go, um, Joe, where can people find you oh, yes. uh, if they want to hear hear your thoughts on other things, or they want to talk to you on the interwebs? How can they find you? David and I do a Vintage Geeks podcast where we talk about anything and everything that is current pop culture and some of the stuff in the past. So. That's where you can find us. Awesome. Vintage Geeks. Check out that podcast. And, uh, yeah, make sure you listen to Joe and David talk about all kinds of stuff. And to remind you all, the vintage is the geeks, not that they geek out on just vintage things. That is, that is correct. Yes. It's a geek double out. meaning. It's a lot of double meaning stuff. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Okay. But thank you, thank you for having me in this one. I, it's good to talk to you guys, it's especially yeah. during this trying time. So, love hearing your voices. So, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. It was great to have you on, and nice to talk to you know other people besides um, you know staring at the four walls. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, hopefully you're all uh, staying safe out there. And we usually say boldly go where no one has gone before. But in the time of the pandemic, if you are listening to this in the future and everything is fine, that's awesome. But if you are listening to this while there's still stay-at-home orders, boldly stay at home so that later people can boldly go where no one has gone before. Good advice. 
You are confined to quarters. Yes. Yes. You're confined to quarters until further notice. <laughs> Bye. See ya. Cardcast is hosted by Brooke and Rebecca. You can find us at facebook.com slash PicardCast, on twitter.com at the PicardCast, or email us at PicardCast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and boldly go where no one has gone before. <laughs>